shine the light. I'm Forrest Collins, founder of the 52 Martinis cocktail site, and I am here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch food and drink news from France. So in France here, we're kind of coming out of confinement after the whole COVID-19. And I know my listeners in the U.S., there's still there's still some restrictions going on there. So I hope everybody's staying safe and doing okay. But it was a really sort of interesting time for me dur- during, during the confinement um, because there was so much more that we were seeing with food and drink on social media. I mean, let's face it, like we're always seeing a lot of food and drink on social media because everybody's, for better or worse, taking pictures of everything they're eating and drinking. But during confinement, for me, for example, I spent the first few weeks kind of documenting every night, here's my confinement cooking project. And, And it was kind of a fun way to sort of keep in touch with friends who were near and far that I obviously wasn't seeing and we were all sort of sharing sharing meals together even though we weren't really sharing meals together. So I think that has made me think a lot more about what kind of role social media plays in in food and drink and that industry if, if for us personally. And, um, and, you know, kind of made me wonder if it's maybe different here in France, if, if there's sort of global trends. So I will stop rambling about all that and let you know that I'm really excited because I have my friend Preeti Gill in the, in the studio, actually not technically in the studio, we're recording remotely, but she's here, um, to talk about this a little bit because her company, um, Harupi Media, uh, they create digital communications and content for the food and travel industry. So not only have I known her for a while, and I think she's had a pretty strong online and social media presence for a long time, um, but I think that she's she's really kind of uh, doing something great with her new company, and I think that uh, she's just the person who we can talk to to get a better idea of what's going on. So just a little background on her. She was born and raised in New Delhi in India, and then at the age of 10, she moved to Northern California with her family. Uh, she was studying international communications at San Francisco State, and then she went to Sweden for a year to study abroad. And that experience, it really changed her her life and it was the foundation of her becoming really curious about international cuisine and culture so shortly after Sweden she moved to Paris and she started working at Le Cordon Bleu for four years as their coordinator for the restaurant management program and that is where her idea for Harupi Media was born so welcome Preeti I'm so happy to be talking to you today Thank you. Wow. You have a lovely voice. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Oh, well, it's a good thing that I'm doing radio then instead of, instead of YouTube. Um, so it just sounds so great. Oh, thank you. Um, so uh, I'm familiar with what you do a bit, but can you explain to the listeners a little bit more about, about your business and what it is that you do and how you create uh, digital content? Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be on on here and, and share. So I started Harupi Media about a year ago, which is basically we create thoughtful social media through photography and video. And it really didn't start off um, as an intentional business. I think like so many people who live in Paris, I love food, I love photography. And so I just independently would go out, take photos and start posting them. And when you do that, you start to really get to know the restaurants and the people that work there. And that just turned into a few restaurants reaching out to me and saying, hey, would you you know, make some content for our new menu that's coming out? And I did it. And I even in the beginning did it for free. And then it really turned into this idea where I thought, you know what, I love doing this. And it's 
goes beyond just posting a photo for these restaurants and um, the, the, the people that I'm working with. And so while I was at Le Cordon Bleu, because we were going out to so many restaurants with the restaurant management program, I just started to notice that even some of the larger restaurants in Paris didn't really have an online identity. It was just kind of a photo of their food. And I think social media is so much bigger than that now. It's at such a more personal level. And so at Harupi Media, that's what we do. We create more intimate content for the food and travel industry here in Paris. Great. And I think that, you know, that's a really good point. I feel like social media is so much more robust and uh, there's so many sort of ways that you can um, use it to, to, to reach out to people and not just, not just, here's a picture of our storefront our shop front our restaurant front. So, so yeah, it's really been interesting to kind of watch how that's developed. Um, so I know you kind of, you, I know you were at Le Cordon Bleu and you were just talking about how all of us, well, all, most of us in, in our circle here in Paris, we love food. Um, you know, we love French food. We love exploring it. Was there anything else that kind of inspired you to to work with with food specifically and travel? So, well, speaking to what you just said, I do believe that social media has become an extremely like pragmatic tool to rely on in general. And I think what really inspired me was really my time at Le Cordon Bleu because it was really the first time where I was exposed and kind of like unmasked to real French culinary cuisine and history. And then that coupled with the whole social media world. Um, Instagram started in 2010. It kind of blew up here a little bit later. And just the world of French cuisine coupled with the idea of social media and me being active in both um, kind of lands, it just really made sense to me that I wanted to kind of bring them together, which I think a lot of people do. And they're and they're good at it. It just depends on how you kind of share your stories. So I think that's been my inspiration, really, truly. Uh, first, we live in an incredible city uh, for just culinary culture and history in general. And then with the rise of social media, it's just been really outstanding to see what you can create. Yeah, it's definitely been been an interesting time to see how social media is putting uh, different types of food and, and probably driving food trends in different cities. Um, or, you know, at least uh, exposing them. So now you spend time in France, but you also spend time in California. Um, I've seen some great looking food coming out of California on your feet as well. Have you noticed any, do you have any impressions on differences about how social media surrounding food and drink is approached differently in the U.S. versus France? That's such a great question. And I think I've struggled with this early on when Instagram did come into France. Um, I think the cultural dilemma about social media um, relevance has always kind of been here in France. And I think that kind of goes into the identity and the culture of France, where their views about privacy and just in general on how you share life is somewhat a little bit different because in the United States, at least in my own personal experience coming from Northern California, Social media is used um, so much on so many levels, especially in business. And so the biggest differences that I've known is that when I do approach restaurants um, in the United States, in California, um, where I'm from, San Francisco specifically, the response is different. The response is more open. And I think the idea of featuring 
their menus and speaking more intimately about the team that works at the restaurant is, it seems like it's more of an invitation. In France, I really see that it has deviated and now opened up as well. But I mm-hmm. think that was one of the biggest differences that I was noticing was that in France, it was kind of more, I had to have a more intimate approach. It couldn't just be like, hey, we're going to market, you know, your new menu or the chef's background and we're going to follow him to the morning market. I think their approach is different here. And it's a different kind of story to tell as opposed to the United States where it's it seems more with the restaurants that I work with, it's it's marketing. And here in France, it seems like, no, I'm not going to just let you come in and take photos and learn. You kind of got to earn it, I feel, in France. And so that's been the biggest difference. And so when you really get involved and you start to do the footwork where you're reaching out to different restaurants and they're reaching out with you, the kind of conversations you're having are Uh, much more sanitized, I feel, in France, whereas in the U.S. they're like, all right, how much do you want? What are we going to do? So it's different in that way. I'm a small business, and so we're not dealing with, you know, anything on a large scale. But I would say that aspect of privacy and how we're going to approach the marketing aspect is very different for me. Well, and I think um, there's some similarities to what people often say just about approaching French people in general, you know, it, developing French friends. It's kind of like you, you, it's not like maybe in the States where things are more open and you meet somebody and then you're friends. In France, you know, often people say you have to earn that friendship, but once you do, then you're in there and it's, you know, it's a long lasting friendship. So, um, and I also think, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong. You might have a different opinion, but I also think there's a, a, rightly or wrongly, there's a lot of pride around cuisine in France. I mean, France has some amazing cuisine. I mean, some other that's maybe not as good as people would expect. But um, but also, so I wonder if there's sort of this, um, I don't know, kind of a, a, a hesitation to feel or, or, or a hesitation to feel this need to promote uh, your food or your drink or your restaurant on social media, because obviously it's good. It's French, you know, maybe that, that that's that's all of the recommendation it needs. Uh, so there may, I don't know, I'm just kind of trying to think about why think, there was a slow kind of coming around in France to to social media promotion of food and drink. Oh, absolutely. And I think tradition plays a large part. And I mean, we all acknowledge that social media really broke the traditional flow of guidelines for like what marketing really is. And in France, it did come at a slower pace. I do recognize now that there is a more openness. I um, I work with Omnivore. Omnivore? Do you, I think you're aware of Omnivore, right? Yeah, I'm, I am. Gone. Yeah. But maybe explain to the listeners a little bit what it is. Oh, okay. So Omnivore is a kind of, let's say a food festival where they invite some of kind of the most well-known chefs within France and internationally from Mexico, from the UK, from Australia. And it is a large scale demo along with other mini demos that are going on for three days. It typically happens in March or September every single year. And that was really the first place where I recognized that social media was being used to really elevate and create a voice for these chefs and that nobody was afraid. You know, sometimes you're afraid. I used to be afraid to take a photo in Paris because like, oh my God, someone's looking at me. And I just had to get over that because I recognize this is work for some people now. It really is. And, you know, some people might laugh at that. And I don't know if you know about influencers in the wild forest, but it's this Instagram where people take photos of other people uh, taking photos. So it's kind of- No, I'm going to have to check it out though. (laughs) Oh, you got to check it out. It's hilarious. I'm like, no one put me on there. But 
Omnivore was really my first time where I recognized, um, I was also, I work with them every single year. Uh, and so it's, I was exposed in a very different way. And I saw that they were like, please take photos, please talk about us on social media. And it's really one of the first places, even when I was working at Cordon Bleu, social media was not very welcomed. We really didn't even have a very strong account until very, very recently. And for such an international school, that is a little bit of a delay. And again, Le Cordon Bleu is really traditional. And so I think there was a dis disruption. Definitely there was, um, you know, when social media came into France, it did kind of uh, ruffle feathers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I, I mean, it's, I, I don't find that surprising. And for the listeners, I'm going to put links to the Omnivore in the show notes, because it's really interesting if you have the opportunity to be in Paris, or if you are in Paris, it's a great place to um, kind of learn about food, get a chance to taste and sample and learn more about food and drink. So um, highly yeah, recommend it's it. As an, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's super interesting. So, so right. it's, and it's a good thing to do. And this year they've gone. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, no, no, go on, go on, go on. Um, this year, traditionally, it's held at Maison du Mutualité. And due to the current pandemic that's going on, they've actually moved it outside. I think it's at the Parc Floriel. I, I need to double check that. But it's going to be next month in September, and it's completely all um, outside. It will be produced um, in this beautiful park. So, Oh, good. Well, that's good timing then, because... This is the August yeah. show. So listeners will have a chance to, to check that out and get some tickets to go. So super. Um, now, I know when you and I were talking before um, before recording, you had mentioned you feel like it's important for a social media manager to be part of your team, I guess, as opposed to just somebody who you call up randomly and say, hey, do some stuff. So can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like why about the importance of that role and the importance of that role as being an integral part of a team, why that matters? Well, absolutely. And I think that matters because right now, if you do have a restaurant or you're running a hotel or a travel agency or something like that, there are other social media agencies that are handling social media accounts by teams of people who are covering a broad range of skills. And I think that you're limited when you do that. If I have my own business, I need someone there because there's a different awareness now that's coming out of social media. It's gotten really personal. People, it's, we, the average statistic is that people end up spending about eight to nine hours per day on it. If I'm going to, if my social media manager, yeah, it's crazy. So that means that I want someone on the team that understands who we are, who I am. If I work with a restaurant, I'm there. I'm part of their team. I don't want to just come in and out for a photo shoot personally because my approach is I need to know who these team members are. What do they contribute to these this beautiful restaurant, these dishes? And I'm talking about everyone there, you know, from the plongeur to the sous chef to the waitress. I think when you have an idea and you have a deeper sense of what a restaurant represents because of all the team members in there, it starts to feel like a family. I mean, I think one of the best examples is Holly Belly. They've, they've just done an incredible dark job of their social media being a very intimate place where people don't just feel it's about the food. It goes much beyond that. And then there's, you know, there's people that outsource their social media. And if you do outsource it, I would highly recommend that you get someone that's really involved with your team for a good three to six months, you know, because for you to run a social media account, it can't just be a photo anymore. People have caught on and it's not just a photo and hashtags. You need to go beyond and you need to understand 
what you're dealing with. And that can't just happen from one photo shoot. Yeah, well, and I think this kind of also harkens back to what I was saying at the beginning where social media is so much more robust now. It's not just this picture. And so it sounds like what you're saying is it's not a one size fits all approach, right? You can't just go into a restaurant and say, okay, this will work for you. I take three pictures of the exterior, three pictures of the interior, one cocktail, two plates. Like you really want to get in and get involved with the restaurant. So so you're developing something that's really tailored to that restaurant and that community, which kind of right. actually brings me to my next right. question, which is, you know, uh, when we're talking about social media and food and drink, um, and, and from, I'm, I'm not talking about from the lay person like me just enjoying watching it, but, um, from a professional standpoint, is it better to have big numbers or a tight community? I mean, obviously I'm sure both is ideal, but, but what, what are your metrics that you're shooting for? Because I, I'm sure that you want to shoot for what will also be the most beneficial in terms of bringing in business or, or whatever it is for the, um, for the um, places that you're working for. So numbers, community, or some other metric maybe that I'm not even thinking about. I mean, I think now because it's been the wild, wild west with social media for a few years, because it's this whole new world for everyone. I think there's two words that come to mind to identify, like this is a solid account. And also to identify for yourself, if you're trying to just grow in a, not just because of numbers, but in a positive way, which is engaged community. I think when you have an engaged community and that translates physically over into people commenting, people talking to you because they like a photo and because they actually want to know where you, uh, you know, what recipe you made and where did you go out to eat the other day? That is gold and that is honest and it is real. It's a real engaged community. So I think those numbers matter if they're honest numbers, if they're real numbers. And giving importance to those likes and those numbers, I it it I don't think it matters as I don't think it matters. I know personally for me and with my clients, I try to constantly because the first thing they're like, how many numbers, how much are we gonna grow? I'm like, I'm not sure if that's the objective that you want as opposed to people really engaging with you on each photo, and that will grow naturally. And you start to notice some really small accounts that have fantastic communities that are really there's a specific niche you know like cocktails and they're like where'd you go for that cocktail and that in itself is just priceless more than any number and more than any like because that like and that number the algorithm changes and that changes but the algorithm doesn't really change when you have a community and they're ready to speak to you on your platforms uh i do think that's interesting i I do feel like uh getting the engagement is the difference between looking at, for example, Instagram as just like a magazine I'm flipping through or looking at it as like a dialogue. Um, like, do yeah. you have anything, anything I, I don't, as you know, I don't want you to give away your trade secrets. I know this is your business, but is there anything that <laughs> you can t- kind of give an example to the listeners of what kind of things that you do for your clients to help uh, increase engagement with, with their followers, their or yeah. viewers? Absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to tell you for us, these are no secrets. And anytime I feel like I can share them because I just I love the world of digital communication and media. Um, I'm so happy to share. And really, I want to like concretely, very concretely, what I recognized I was doing was any single person that was replying to me, I was commenting because I genuinely also wanted to. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, this person is interested in this garlic naan that I made. Let me tell where tell you where you can go. And within that, I saw more followers. And so that was an increase. 
so that's one is that if anyone comments now you're probably thinking well I don't get comments I don't even get like a person that comments well then you need to go out and kind of fish and so what I do really is like I'll sit down one day and I'll look at 10 accounts that I really love I love their engagement and I look at every single account it's time consuming and I go in, I look at the comments, and then I start engaging with those people. I'm like, hey, I really like this. Where'd you get this bowl? Or, hey, I live in Paris, and you live in Mexico, and I don't have these ingredients. Do you know what I could substitute it with? That was huge. That was huge in just me in general, loving going on Instagram as opposed to posting and like being like, oh, my gosh. Uh, it just feels more honest and a sincere approach where I'm like, I do want to build this community, say is comment. And if you're not getting those comments, go out and start creating those comments. Pick out 10 accounts you love. Start engaging because you genuinely really want to and you like it and it's fun and you'll learn so much along that way with just that little concrete method. Um, try it for one hour or even 30 minutes a day and you're going to see a difference in your community. Interesting. Well, I also think you've touched on a couple of things. I think that it sounds like you do really enjoy going on social media, which is kind of, I'm going to loop that back to why I think it might be important to one, have your social media manager really engaged with your team because then they kind of know who you are and, but also have somebody who really enjoys it. I mean, I, um, I, I think that if you don't enjoy it or you don't kind of come around to enjoying it, you're probably not going to do, do as well than if you really sincerely get into it, which also I am imagining kind of feeds into, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how to have an authentic voice. Like I hate when I'm going on these accounts and I feel like, okay, I feel like they just took 20 different pictures all in one setting and they don't really care about engaging with me, but they're just going to put these nice pictures up. And, you know, like I want to be, I want to be talking to people who are really doing it, not people who are, who are quote unquote marketing to me. So um, how do you, how do you go about creating sort of in addition, and you've already mentioned some things that, that make it happen, like you're interacting with people and you're commenting and you're replying to comments. What else makes for an authentic voice on um, social media accounts for, for people like your clients? You know what? That is such a good question. And this is going to sound maybe a little bit weird. Um, but I do know that the first place that begins is kind of a more self-awareness. And what I mean by that is even for the restaurant or for yourself personally, a personal account, you kind of really got to know one thing is that you cannot be competing with any other account visually. That's not your creativeness. You need to find that by your own. And that's what I mean about a certain inner engineering needs to happen or a self-awareness. Like these are the type of photos I like. I like black and white photos and I want to post those. And that coupled with a consistency is where you really start to bring um, your voice to the table. So I think one thing right off the bat is looking at other people and what they're doing. It really is not going to help anyone. Number two is figure out what is it that you like? What kind of photos did you like as a kid looking at? And what kind of photos do you like now? And start producing those concretely, consistently for one month and see if your voice is like that, that speaks to you. And if that speaks to you, then there you go, you have it. And I think sometimes we do so much overthinking and we start to like, we live in a very, very we want to romanticize every single photo and how it's going to come out. And Instagram does have that place still where every, every post is like, do I post it? Do I post it? Or at least I know some clients deal with that. And I think finding your inner voice is absolutely knowing at first and foremost, who and will I, is this, is this what I like? Is this content that I would enjoy? And I know that's had, that's been very honest for me. Um, I've gone to the place where I was comparing and I was like, oh my gosh, mine doesn't look good very early on. It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel genuine. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm just posting to post, but I'm actually 
going to spend a lot of time on this app. I do. I want it to be educational. That was one thing that I knew I wanted in my voice. I wanted it to bring people, um, expose them to Indian foods that they didn't know because we don't really have that in Paris. And so from that way, I said, okay, you know what, Preeti, for one month, I'm going to stay really consistent and post these type of images and see if that aligns with who I am. And it did. And so I think those little steps help you. And it's okay if in the beginning you don't know. It's every almost sometimes I don't even know, just in the sense because things are deviating and evolving so quickly in social media that you're everyone's like, you gotta stay up with the trends. But I think there really is no trend when you have a very strong voice and know how you want to deliver that and creatively, like how what kind of photos do you want to take? It comes down to even that simple way. What kind of do you want long captions? Do you want short captions? Because that's going to make a difference on how people are going to look at your page. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm hearing you, what you're saying is, um, again, back to my one size doesn't fit all. Like it's not necessarily a matter of we should all approach this with everybody does short captions and that's the most successful. It's kind of, I guess, determining what you might enjoy and what you might like and and putting that together to kind of create your voice regardless of what anybody else is doing. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it doesn't always need to be like you need to share your intimate life or things like that. I just think that if you are going to approach social media and use it, then the first thing is you really got to get a little bit more self-aware as opposed to like, okay, what is it that I like and how am I going to share it? Oh, you're, you're inspiring me to take a closer look at my own, my own social no, media. Well, I, I, I love uh, your Instagram account. I think there's no one other really like cocktails are just, they're the thing. And, you know, you've been doing it for so long and it's just great. I mean, you know, I, since the beginning, I was like, can I interview you? I want to. Yeah. I that's how we you. met. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and you were so- consistent. Well, yeah, sometimes, but, um, well, uh, I try to be, um, so we talk a lot about Instagram because, you know, uh, as you, I think we, I, you know, I really admire your Instagram as well. And I think you've just really exploded with it. But do you think in terms of social media platforms, can you share with the listeners, which ones do you think are the most important ones here in France? And, and also kind of talk about if that varies between France and ones that are also important globally. Yeah, I mean, I would really say that YouTube is probably one of the leading uh, platforms. And it's not so, um, people aren't that dedicated to it yet here in France. However, in um, in Asia, um, UAE, and United States, it's huge. YouTube is a huge platform and also a platform where you can monetize. And if you do it consistently and put out good content, you can. Instagram, absolutely. Instagram is a great platform. I think Facebook has become very different as far as you're not just posting photos on there anymore. A lot of people are not using it the same way. Um, It kind of seems like it's outdated. However, it's not. It's incredible for the um, repurposing tools that you have on there, repurposing content and different posts from Instagram and blogs. I think LinkedIn is so powerful in France and it's kind of lingering and has been here but I would say LinkedIn has become one of the really kind of leading platforms in a more educational way and I think because France's approach is in a lot of ways it's been like you know if you're going to put up a photo I want to learn about it it's not just at least that's what my views are you know what we were talking about earlier is kind of like I want education behind it or I want to know it give me prove to me why this is good And I think LinkedIn is so powerful. It is, and I'm seeing bloggers on there, um, YouTubers on there. And not to say that you need to go there and start filling your feed 
with just anything, but mindfulness on on LinkedIn is really powerful right now. Well, that is very interesting to hear. I am, my presence on LinkedIn is pretty minimal and that I have an account, but I haven't probably looked at it for years. So that's interesting, yeah, but I think you're right it. because lots of times when I'm Googling things, it is a linked up uh, profile that will come up. So, so, all right, that sounds like good information and something I don't really think about very often. So, so good tip. Uh, and we're coming up to the, to the end of the half hour. Is there anything else that you want to, any other projects oh, no. you want to share with the, with the listeners? Um, anything else you want to, you want to tell us about social media and food in France or your own personal projects? Um, well, I had a really great trip, um, California. That's where I was confined for a little bit. And I got a chance to really go to some local farms and learn more about peppers. So I'm really looking forward to possibly working on a little hot sauce. So we'll see what happens and just continuing to work more intimately with my clients at Harupi Media and enjoying the food and, you know, the food and culture here in Paris. And I hope we don't have a second wave so we can continue doing this. But no, that's about it. I'm just, I feel very grateful to to be able to be here and also to have um, been in California and to kind of bring those two cultures together. I am super excited that you mentioned that because I didn't know if it was something that you were sharing publicly yet, but I can't wait to try your hot sauces. Yeah. I'm, I, like, I'm a big hot sauce fan. Uh, you know, I bring a lot over from the States and um, there's some good hot, I don't know if you know Rancho Gordo, they make beans, but they're based in California, aren't they? And they do some really nice hot yeah. sauces as well. Oh, and I've got yeah. some of those mm-hmm. in my fridge here. And so I am super excited to hear more about that as it unfolds. So, um, so oh, keep yeah. me posted, please. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, well, I will, um, I will uh, listeners, as well, I mentioned. I have a hot sauce for you, Forrest. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to see each other I brought, soon. I brought over way too many. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to, that will motivate me to get, get into Paris now and stop hiding out in the countryside during all of the COVID business. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Um, but yeah, for now, I'll say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, and I look forward to seeing you in Paris soon. Thank you so much, Forrest. This was lovely. And uh, listeners, it's that time. It's the cocktail of the episode. And I have been all about um, the paper plane cocktail lately. So I'm going to share that with you for, for August. It's a modern take on the last word that was created Oh, uh, about uh, 10 years ago, back in 2007, so a little more than a decade ago, by an Australian bartender named Sam Ross. And it's the kind of cocktail that I love because it's equal parts, which means, you know, equal parts, each ingredient, you don't really have to measure just as long as you're not going crazy big on the on the proportions. So it's um, three quarters of an ounce bourbon, three quarters of an ounce Aperol. I know you're all drinking that in the spritz, so you probably have some in your cabinet already. Three quarter ounce Amaro no Nino Quintessentia, which is an Italian Amaro. And uh, you can look it up. You can order it online if you can't get it in the shops near you. And three quarter ounce fresh lemon juice. Shake it all together and then just strain it into, shake it together over ice, obviously, and strain it into a chilled uh, uh, cocktail glass. So it's it's great. It's kind of bitter. It's fun. It's, it's really good for the summer and it's a nice bright orange. So that is your cocktail uh, assignment for August. And, uh, and that's pretty much a wrap for this month. Thanks to Preeti for coming on to the show. I'll put links to anything we talked about in the show notes. And thanks to you for listening, uh, tuning in, downloading. Thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production. Thanks to Sun Little for our music. 
And um, as usual, we remind you to drink responsibly. And you all know I love bringing you the podcast and what I hope is interesting cocktail and food and drink news from France. But it's really helpful for me to get reviews on iTunes. It helps other people discover the show. And it also makes me know that someone, it makes me realize somebody's listening and I'm not just sort of talking to myself. So so if you have a moment and you like what we're doing, or even if you don't like what we're doing and you want to make that known as well, go over to iTunes, drop a review. I'll put a link to that into the show notes as well. And until next time. Oh,